0: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wide Podcast. This is episode 15, guys. Uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending me questions. Thank you for asking more questions after these episodes. I'm trying to do my best to answer them as thoroughly as possible, but not taking an hour. Uh, this podcast is meant to be short form, so I like to try to keep them under half an hour and address uh, like three questions, is, is what I've been doing. And as I mentioned on the last episode, this might kind of transform into more of like a mindset podcast. I've been getting a lot of questions about depression, anxiety, um, but also being someone that's in the CrossFit space, I've been getting some questions about mindset. And as you've noticed, when I've had guests on, I ask about what's a healthy mindset inside and outside of the gym. And so it's going to transform into something like that over time. Uh just to mention I did not do a wad this past week. I uh, just took the took the week off. I got a lot going on at work, so I just kinda spent some time with my kids to kind of regroup, um kind of decompress a little bit. I wasn't really too stressed out, there was just a lot of moving parts that I kind of needed to focus on, so that's where my mind was at. Um, I also attended the Granite Games here this past weekend. Fried the right side of my body. Um, I'm someone that has had skin cancer, so I should have known better and should have worn sunscreen, but I got a nice hue of red on the right side of my body. It does not match the tattoo on the other side of my body, thankfully, but it is pretty red, so I'm very warm. I'm actually recording with a tank top on and shorts, because I'm hot. (laughs) Anyways, it was good to see a few classmates Um, got to watch David Quisberg, who was on for the Million Meter Row, and his team. Some of those workouts, man, they looked pretty rough, but uh, I got a chance to talk to him. They're doing well. Uh, It sounds like they have a lot of sponsors for their Million Meter Row event. We also do as well, and that's coming up next weekend on June 9th. And I think we have right now, I think we have 10 rowers, uh, and we have seven hours of rowing combined. So... Those rowers, all 10 of them, will be rowing for about 10 hours. So come on down, come check it out. I'm gonna have my podcast up there. I might get a few people on to talk about a few things. Um, I've been working on a few more guests, and so this thing is continuing to evolve. Um, I've been making a lot of contacts, and if you haven't checked out Make Wads Great Again on Instagram, he's someone that I'm gonna to try to get on. I'm working on a way to do remote podcasting. So if you're listening to this and you know how, uh, the one I'm looking at right now is Zencaster. And so he lives in Ohio. I live in Minnesota, so I can't just jump in a car and go hit him up and uh, you know have him be on the ep- the episodes. But he's a good dude, and I've talked to him quite a bit. And uh, he's someone that does CrossFit for you know he started for depression and a little bit of mental health issues. And he's got an interesting story. He's got a lot of funny memes. Some are some are a little over the line, but you know sometimes that's what the funny the funny point is in life is a little bit over the line. So today. I'm gonna talk a little bit about anxiety in CrossFit. Uh, I had a really good question about someone that struggles with this. uh, When workouts are about to start, even during the workout, Um, they always feel really good after the workout, and then uh, they just wanted some stuff to arm themselves when they're going into a workout. Many people have this, and it's not to the extent that someone with uh, anxiety disorder has, but everybody has the pre-wad poops or the pre wad peas, or that feeling of butterflies. For me, I, even though it may be similar to anxiety, I, I imagine it as excitement before game night. Uh, being an athlete, that was something that I thrived on, that adrenaline rush. And when you could see the clock counting down from warm-ups and you're about to get announced, uh, they, like whether it was in basketball or football, they do the starting lineups, and I would just be cranked up. And so even though it may be kind of, Um, thumbnailed to, I don't even know what the hell thumbnail means, (laughs) pinned to anxiety, I imagine it, like I visualize it as anticipation. It's game day. It's like when um, the feeling you have when your wife goes into labor, it's excitement. It's it's, uh, a little scary, but it's a little exciting. So question two is how to start a new skill that seems extremely stressful, like picking up graphic design, or any other kind of computer skill, I just stop myself before I even start. And then finally, the third question is tuning into physical symptoms. How do I get past tuning into physical symptoms? Something I've had a lot of experience about, and so we are gonna talk about those three things. Here we go. All right, I haven't done one of those interludes. I think it's an interlude for a while, so I figured I'd throw that in there in this episode. Um, okay, I'll read the first question and then I'll talk about it a little bit. It's a very long question, so try to stay with me here. I might try to summarize a little bit, um, but here we go. Question one I have a question on how to manage my anxiety during a WAD. WOD for those people that are not CrossFitters, is just workout of the day. Um, in general, CrossFit has helped me a lot reducing my anxiety because of the physical benefits I get. Same here, buddy. <laughs> I used to be anti-anxiety medication, but I have been able to get off it because of CrossFit. Oh, he, he's been on anti-anxiety medication, but he's gotten it off. It's similar to my story. However, sometimes I have a negative voice that creeps into my head up and during a workout. Same here. I don't realize at first... Did I write this question, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't realize, I didn't realize it at first, but it was my anxiety because nervous energy is normal. Um, like I discussed at the beginning of the show. However, I'm realizing that I start my worrying about my reps, time, etc. during the WOD and get anxious about my result before I even finish the workout. I know this is self-sabotaging, and I know I shouldn't compare myself to others or worry about the leaderboard. But do you have any specific strategies or techniques to manage anxiety and that negative self-talk while working out? thank you so much. I love your podcast. Well, Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that last part. Um, yeah. And so this is what I talked about at the beginning, like anticipating working out is a struggle that most people have. Um, I learned at my L2 about giving people about two or three minutes to kind of go to the restroom, kind of regroup. And in that time is try to give someone their intention or help them find what their intention is for the workout. And this is something I would recommend for you. What is exactly your intention with each workout? Mm -hmm. And it does not have to be the same thing. If our sole purpose of working out is to get a, I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're a competitive athlete, this is, I'm not talking to you. This is someone that is a general CrossFitter like me, or like this person that asked a question, um, your intention should be to maintain the stimulus of the workout. You want to get your best physical fitness by maintaining that stimulus. Score, time, weight is pretty irrelevant. Fitness for life, um, you know, functional fitness, getting better as a human is the goal. And so you've already kind of mentioned it in your question here. You're off anti-anxiety medications, which is a huge benefit. Now, you know, I'm someone that had a lot of side effects, but also financially, you got to pay for that every month. So that's another benefit of being off anti-anxiety medications. If it's working for you, you don't have to get off them. But a lot of people, like myself, do have a lot of side effects from anti-anxiety medications. So that's one thing to kind of hang your hat on. Hey, check that off. That's a goal. But what are you trying to accomplish with each workout each day? Now, I understand from being a competitive person, kind of peeking over at other people and what they're doing, where they're at. I'm super competitive with my wife. I don't understand it, and so I don't try to understand it, but she is cool enough to kind of keep it as playful banter, which kind of keeps me level-headed. So I think what might help you is to realize what your goal is, and that's to get more fit. It's not to beat anybody in the gym. I mean, realistically... You know, unless you're a high-caliber games athlete, which I'm assuming you're not, the score, weight, time is irrelevant. So what you want to do, get in there, work out, work out as hard as you can maintaining that stimulus with good form, safely, lie on the ground like a dead fish for a little while, laugh with your buddies, have fun. Don't even write your score on the leaderboard. In our gym, we don't even put it up on the board. Um, We kind of have an idea, um, unless it's like the open like a qualifier, like Granite Games, Dakota Games, a throwdown, we really don't pay too much attention for score. Now we do keep a PR board, but we don't write it up on our white. And and coming from a gym when I moved that used to do that, it's it's kind of a different atmosphere. Like we pay more attention to the person that's at the end of the workout, finishing up when everybody else is there, we're cheering them on. We pay more attention to high-fiving. We pay more attention to how are you doing today? Like, are you having a good day? Everybody may come in with a little baggage for the workout. They may be a little stressed out from their normal day life, but afterwards I'm going to high-five you, say, good job. Or maybe even hug it out. You know, I'm bringing my best version there to help you have a better day as a coach. You can do that as a member as well. So rather than getting so intrinsically focused on what you're going to do try to make somebody else's day better so that would be kind of tip two um is is focus on how can you affect the people around you versus just solely focusing on the result of your own personal workout so how can i make person right next to me how can i make their day better by talking to them about their day you know or congratulating them about their result of the workout try to um turn that around instead of just being so intrinsic because at the end of the day, if you're pushing yourself hard in CrossFit, you're going to get results. But if it's causing you mental stress, you need to kind of change that up a little bit. And and that's why you're asking the question. So focus on someone else. Don't write down your score on the leaderboard or the first two. Um, And then also try to come up with a handful of mantras depending upon the workout, Um, If you're just doing one that's a strength day, you can find a mantra like I'm going to do every lift the same, every lift the same. I'm worried about every lift the same rather than saying, what's my weight? What's my weight? How's it compare? What's my weight? How's it compare? Say perfect form, best technique, perfect form, best technique or something like that. That's going to, you know, hit home for you versus um, how do I compare to um, Tony Fu or Tony Schultz or whatever Tony might be in your gym, Tony the Tiger. How do I compare to that person? Be like. I'm going to do every lift. So it looks identical, something in that vein. And then in a Metcon be like, my intention is to do in this workout. Say there's 30 wall balls. I'm going to do all 30 of those unbroken. And if I do that, I'm going to put a check mark on the board versus saying 30 wall balls, hundred double unders, uh, 20 burpees for time for three rounds. What's my score? Changing up your metrics is going to be a huge part of what you do when you have anxiety in the gym. So try to figure out ways to challenge yourself rather than giving yourself anxiety about what the actual score, what the actual time, what actual actual weight, because it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. You're there to increase your fitness. You're not there to compete with people next to you. It can be a motivational factor of working out. For someone like me it is a motivational factor to kind of try to push myself to catch people but i don't hang my hat on the result if i beat someone in a workout i hang my hat on the fact that in a workout if i take less than three seconds of a break the entire time then that's a check mark for me and that's just what i do and it's going to be different for each person so for you i think changing your metrics is going to be a huge part of overcoming some of this anxiety that you have in a workout. So I think that's probably good for that one. So don't worry so much about the time, the weight, or your score. Let's not compare to the person next to you. Let's compare, compare to yourself from yesterday, and then don't write a score on the board. There's nothing that says you have to. If your coach is doing this, tell them, I just I have a problem getting my mind around the score. I just don't want to do that. If they have a problem with that, then that's probably someone that shouldn't be coaching because we're there to help you out. We're not there to compare our members to each other, and it shouldn't be the focus. It should be improving people. We're trying to create better humans in, in the gym. We're not trying to create better competitive athletes. There are some CrossFit gyms out there that do train athletes, and if that's your interest, then you should go find one of them because it's going to be a different um, the type of experience versus just training for general fitness, which is what 99% of us are doing anyways. So I hope that helps you. Any more questions on that, please reach out anxietywad at gmail.com, anxietywad.com, Instagram, anxietywad, everywhere you go, it's anxietywad. So please, please reach out if that's not enough uh, of an answer for you. And uh, I'll be more than willing to help you out being that I'm a CrossFit coach as well this is and someone that has suffered with anxiety in the past this is something that i could really help you out with so appreciate the question even though it was long it's perfect it's a great question it's very applicable to a lot of people that listen to the show so thanks again so second question how do i start a new skill that seems stressful or would give me anxiety i.e. starting graphic design or other computer type skills uh it's a good good question um and, and similar to the first question, what is going to be your metric for success on this skill? If you look at it in, from a perspective of what the end game is, it's going to be very intimidating and stressful. Um, but today, you don't know the skill. So what's important is to take little steps each day that are going to get you farther down the road. It's like anything in life. When we're climbing a mountain, we're only ever going to do so one step at a time. So what's your day to day look like when you're fitting in a new skill? This is something I've done quite a bit over the years is, is develop new skills. Um, I'm a big proponent of personal development. And so what I had to do is I had to create a time frame to introduce new skills. And that was in my morning routine. It's how I became a reader or I experience books because I do them in um, audio version. Um, I, I, I do read, but it's mainly like articles or journal entries or medical, it's very boring stuff that I actually read. But I, I, for a living, I read through specifications and plan sheets. So I do it all day long. And like the last thing I want to do is kind of bury my head in a book. So what I do is I, I in my, my routine, like whether I'm driving or working, I'll flip on an audio book. So it's just it's just worked out that way for me. But before that, before I develop that habit, before I develop my morning routine, I had only read maybe five books total in 35 years, so I was, I was never very good at it. I would always stop before I started because I would crutch myself by saying, I'm just not a reader. So how are you in your day-to-day right now labeling yourself and putting up a big roadblock before you even get started? That's a good question to ask yourself, and maybe that's something you need to write out. What are, what are the roadblocks that I'm putting up before I even get started? Mine was saying I'm not a reader. Well, if you go back, I think one of my quick tips was the one-way concept. If you listen to that, you only have to find one way to develop a new skill, and that's going to be your way. What's your way to develop the skill? Try to fit in a little bit of time each day to develop the skill, and think of it as practice. It's, it's uh, overwhelming to think that today I have to learn graphic design. That's something that you mentioned. So, or if you look at it like today, I'm going to learn how to use this tool right here and only this tool, I don't need to learn how this tool is going to affect an entire graphic. I just need to know what this one tool does. And you might not even learn the entire tool in a day but you can figure out, okay, I'm gonna learn half a tool. I'm gonna to learn a third of what this tool does. Find a metric that you can check off and say, hey, this is, this is what I did today. And then eventually, if you do that enough days in a row, you're gonna have a full stack of tools that you've learned and you're gonna be able to look back and say, man, I don't know what I was stressed out about. Little by little, consistent effort over time, I developed this skill. And there is nothing more rewarding than accomplishing a goal that you thought you couldn't do. It's very similar to what I experience in my day to day now, being someone that was very hopeless in overcoming my anxiety issues. This was something that I just did little by little, consistent effort over time. Now I can look back and think about those nights, those weekends, those days that I was holed up in my apartment. I couldn't go to work, I couldn't go out and socialize, I couldn't do anything because I was petrified of what might happen, not what would happen, what might happen. 99% of the time, none of that stuff happened. There was one time that I can remember that something I worried about happened. I used to worry about having brain cancer, but what actually happened is I had skin cancer. (laughs) So that was the only thing in all those years of worry that actually came true. So it's such a tiny percentage that all that other time that you spend worrying about stuff is wasted. And and it, a change in how you look at things, a change in perspective will give you that avenue and that road to travel, to develop a new skill. You know, just like you're going on a trip, you have to plan a route, plan an overarching vision of how you want to tackle a skill and then take each little increment little by little, again consistent effort over time and eventually you're going to have that skill down if you ever watch the price is white right <laughs> The price is white the price is right they had that little um, yodeler with the leader lederhosen on that would travel up the mountain and if you went too far he'd fall over well just think about that little by little he just traveled up that little mountain and eventually you get to the top it's rare that skills are developed right overnight and it's rare that you just all of a sudden pick something up. Now, there are savants that do that and people that are far more talented than any of us that just all of a sudden pick something up, but it's rare. And it's the little daily habits. And any book that you read about successful people, it's never one major thing. It's a whole like list of little tiny things that they do on a consistent basis, right decisions, habits daily rituals that accumulate to bring them to a place where they want to be and that's the same thing that you want to do for skill development and i I highly recommend and i probably say this all the time and it gets a bit redundant but developing a ritual that you can perform on a day-to-day basis that you insert a new skill and you do that until you acquire that skill and that's when I've said over, over the years, my, my morning ritual has changed and evolved. It's because I take things out and put new things in and vice versa. And so it's the little daily things that's going to make the biggest difference rather than saying, Oh my goodness, I have to learn graphic design in its entirety by three months from now. Well, that's 90 days. That's 90 times that you can learn one thing. And by the time you're done, you have 90 things that you have learned. It's just a different way to look at it. It's a different perspective. It's a much healthier way to look at things than looking at an entire situation in its entirety. And that can, you know, be interchangeable for anything in life. You don't need to figure out everything overnight. And just like anxiety, it was never me doing this one thing that completely changed my, my ability to deal with my anxiety. It was a, it was an, a, an entire list of things over time that I did, started doing on a consistent basis that all of a sudden I looked back and I'm like, wow, things are way better than they used to be. And it wasn't like, oh my God, my anxiety's gone. Cause it's still there. It still rears its ugly head, but it's like, I've spent so much time working on these little skills, these little rituals, these little daily habits that I can look back and say, I'm happy because I did that. I accomplished that on my own with the help of books, with the help of, of therapists, with the help of people in my life. But I did the work. I can hang my head on that. It was, it's a skill to be able to manage your anxiety. And just like any skill, it takes consistent effort over time. So I hope that helps. That's the answer to that question. That's, that's the, the non-secret secret of skill development. All righty, so that's good, man. Got any more questions on that one, please holler. I will do my best to answer that. And on to the third question of the day. Let me pull it up here quick. It is, how do you stop tuning in to physical symptoms? And this is this was a really hard one for me, and I still do this on a, on a varying basis, depending upon if I'm sore or not a lot of my physical stuff came from things that were going on which i knew were going on but i didn't know exactly so um if you if this is like the first episode you're listening to i'm I'm someone that had um, a really bad nerve issue in my neck i broke my neck when i was 18 and over time that bone healed back a little janky and developed a little bone spur that started growing into my nerve and so it was kind of a slow process that rather than an acute and pinched nerve And so I had all these neurological issues going on and with chronic pain. And so I was telling myself the story that it was a brain tumor basically, or a throat tumor because it was coming from that general area. I had some neurological symptoms where I was losing sensation in my hand. I was losing um, the grips, the grip on things. Like I would drop my coffee. I would hit my mouse off my desk and all these weird things. And so I was someone that was very in tune what would happen to my body and as soon as I would notice my heart kind of thumping and the thumping would be like after you get done working out you can really feel your heartbeat or if you get scared or you walk up the stairs carrying something you can kind of feel your heartbeat I could do that with my brain and so like I would tune into that and it would freak me out and I remember when I would go on road trips every town I went through I would try to figure out where the hospital was just in case I had a panic attack now I've never heard of anybody dying from a panic attack, but you feel like you're dying. So I understand that. And so your heart rate goes up. You can feel your heart. You feel a little dizzy. It's heart shortness of breath because you're breathing up in your rib cage and you're kind of holding your breath. And so you're shortening your breath and so you're not getting enough air. And so you get dizzy. And it's just one thing kind of snowballs after the other. And what started to work for me not necessarily looking things up online on WebMD or any other medical site. As I went to healingwell.com, they had an anxiety forum, and there was a page about physical symptoms to worry about. Now, on that page, there was something that would say, if you're worried about this, it's probably this. Now, I will always recommend that you go to a medical health professional if you're extremely worried about something. If you're someone with anxiety, more often than not, it's going to be nothing. I've been hooked up to so many heart monitors over the years that it's ridiculous. You know, I've worn a halter top, I've done the EEG, I've done the EKG, electrocardiogram, all that fun stuff. You know, I've had an MRI, I've had a CT scan, I've had a chest x-ray, I've done all these special dye x-rays, I've had an otoscope, not an otoscope. I don't know. One of the x-rays that's a live x-ray that they would actually look at the um the vein functionality like you could see where the blood would go and all that fun stuff and um it was until I took this MRI with the the nerve conduction test in it. I'm not exactly sure what it's called. Um I'm not a I'm, you know a doctor or anything like that, but that's when they found out about my neck and it was like for me I was like, "Oh man," So I knew something was wrong. I didn't know what, and it was the fact that I didn't know what, that I kept tuning into things. The thing I wish I would have learned, and this is going to be the best part for this answer is you don't need to know. You don't need to know what causes those symptoms. It's not going to change anything. You know, like I said, if it's something you're extremely worried about, go to the doctor And when you go to them and they give you an answer, believe them. And if it still doesn't change, go to another one. And if they tell you that it's something else, believe them. Ask them to show you the test results. That's what worked for me too, is I asked to see it. Because with my background in exercise physiology and, you know, anatomy, I was able to kind of follow along what they were talking about. And so I got answers through asking questions and you know, just like I said, in the last answer, consistently, I would ask for information from a medical health professional. What will never serve you well is to go on to WebMD, start entering in your symptoms because you're going to find bad information. I don't know of anybody going online saying, Hey, yeah, I was so worried about my heart that I was so dizzy. My speech felt funny. My You know, I was, I was was, felt like I was going to pass out and I got really jittery and I was shaking, but it was okay. People are going to post horror stories online and you're going to be able to find those very easily if you go digging for them. Imagine going digging in your backyard to finding dead bodies. That's what I would say going online, looking for information when you're an anxious person is like, you're going to find all kinds of skeletons online with bad information about health. If you're someone that tunes into physical symptoms. Now, how do you get through tuning into those? Um, what, what I do now, if, if something kind of throws me off, it's usually comes by surprise, but what I do is I talk myself out of it. So let's say for instance, I wake up in the middle of the night and my heart is just pounding. I'm like, well, I know that you can have dreams that you don't remember Maybe I had a dream that was pretty intense, I just don't remember that. Rather than saying, oh my god, I'm having a heart attack, here, here we go, I'm going to die. It's just, it's another perspective and another way to word things in your own mind and repeat them over and over and say, well, I probably just had a dream that was cranking me up, it's nothing, you know. And and for me as well, the, the night time was a, a time that I would trick myself into thinking that someone was going to break into our house and being a parent you probably have felt this way as well as you're very protective of your family and and your children and there was a time and it happened for me again after we moved and I I, you know I'm someone that is fairly routine and so the change in location kind of threw me off in, in more ways than one and It's funny to me because the people that know me know exactly what happened. And I might get into that at some point, but what threw me off is like, I would wake up in a panic like that and worry about somebody being in the house. So I would get up and go look around. I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe it was just a bad dream. And then that was all the weight I would give to it. If you're someone that you wake up or all of a sudden you have your heart pounding and you try to self-diagnose, it's going to be such a heavy weight to carry you're going to freak yourself out into a panic attack. So figure out ways to talk yourself through those physical symptoms without freaking yourself out, whatever that may be for you. Um, One thing that really helps with, with a lot of the stuff that I say about anxiety is figuring out who you are deep down. And I'm not saying if you're a lawyer, I'm not saying if you're a parent or a brother or a sister, but who are you? Who are you? I'm someone that, that is happy by making other people happy. I'm someone that truly deeply cares about my friends and family. And if I don't spend time developing that part of myself, I'm not whole. And when I'm not whole, I'm not happy. And when I'm not happy, I'm anxious. So it's, it's kind of a vicious circle. And so if you really know who you are, for me, I need to spend a lot of time on health and wellness. Otherwise, I tune into physical symptoms. And, and it goes back to what are your values of life? Those things go hand in hand with knowing yourself. And that's where the workbook comes in. It's coming, guys. I promise you, it's coming. So, another episode down. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have yourself a peaceful morning, afternoon or evening. Keep coming back. We're going to figure this out, I promise. See you!